The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Buedinamite. God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Buedinamite's mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in to Destiny Word. Amen. Put your hands together wherever you find yourself. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Let us celebrate the Lord our God. Amen. God has been kind. He has been good. Look at somebody and say he has been good to you. Uh, it says to another person, God has been good to me. How many of you truly believe he has been good to you? Put your hands together. Let us celebrate the Lord our God, the King of Kings, our Lord Supreme. Amen. David said, if he has not been for the Lord who has been on our side, then let Israel say. So oftentimes when we are able to come to church or when we are able to congregate like this, it's just because God has been kind to us. Um, he has been merciful. He has been, he has been so good. There are, uh, you can't tell that many people were able to cross the midnight zone and get into today. There are people who were sick and they couldn't recover. They passed on. Others were not sick. They, they died in their sleep. But quite apart from that, there are people who are able and yet there are certain things that did not allow them to be able to even fellowship in the presence of God. And so when God gives you the opportunity to be able to fellowship, I think that you need to give God the praise and the glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. We give him all the praise. Did you come with your Bibles? Pass me not, O gentle Savior. He my humble cry while on others thou art calling do not pass if I say Savior 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 here you're my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not ask me, Savior, Savior, lift it up and say this is my bible it is the word of god i'll become what it says i can become i'll go where it says i can go 
I will achieve what he says I can achieve. Slap your chest and say, I am a believer. Come on, do it again. Say, I am a believer. Amen. Turn to the book of Psalm 23. Psalm 23, we are continuing from where we left off last two weeks. Psalm 23. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and live in the Psalm 23, Psalm 23, I want us to do a corporate reading, so we are all doing Psalm 23, the verse number one together, in fact I read from the King James Version, but I want us to read from the um, screens, um, NIV, let's do NIV, NIV, New International Version, and I want all of us to read together, those of you that are short-sighted, um, you can turn to your but if you are not and you have an NIV, we can read together. NIV, Psalm 23. But you have the NIV version in your, in your head too? All right, so let's read the NIV version from our head. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall... No, that is KJV. NIV is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. I shall lack nothing. That is what... NIV will say, a KJV says, I shall not. I said, let's read from the NIV. So let's do NIV. It should be in your head. You don't have NIV? You don't? Okay, they don't have NIV. All right, let's do KJV. KJV. The Lord is, I shall, do it again. The Lord is, I shall, the last time, the Lord is, I shall. Can you look into the eyes of somebody and tell the person what you just read? I want you to look for somebody else and tell the person that same statement. Can you be a bit prophetic about it and tell the person, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Um, there are people who might not even believe in who you are, but I want you to be defiant enough and look into their eyes and tell them what you just read. Do you know that you might be in a group with some people and they don't really know where you are going until you look into the eyes and tell them what you just read. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall lack nothing. I shall not want. Amen. Let us, let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we know that the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. We pray that you give us a word that works, O God. Anoint these lips of clay, make it an instrument of a blessing to somebody's life. Bring us illumination and insight. Bring us divine understanding. Open our eyes to the hidden truths and mysteries of this test that we walk out of this place rejuvenated, knowing that we had an encounter with you, not with men. We'll give you praise when it is done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Before you take your seats, I want you to look for three people and give them a high five and tell them what you read. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Amen. And I want you to take your seats if you have done that. A friend of mine will say that sit on the head of your enemies. And so I want you to sit on the necks and the heads of every adversary that you have. Amen. It's very difficult to try to preach from the attributes of God because none of them exclusively explains him away. It's very interesting and it's very difficult to even try to talk in favor of any of his attributes. Because anytime you try to do that, you, um, you reduce yourself to the reductionist proposition of theoretical frameworks whereby you try to explain things from an angle that is confusing and um, is not able to explain everything that probably you are thinking about. And so I, I try to look at why the shepherd will write about himself as a sheep and get himself intertwined in this intricate discussion of an attribute of God that he wants to personalize. And the more I try to understand it, the more God started opening my eyes to the very things that I have not even considered after reading Psalm 23 for many, many years. And most of us, we do that. And as I told you, you get into the realm whereby you, you boss God up and you are not able to really explain him because there is no attribute of God that fully explains God. Let's try. If I, if I look at God and I try to explain or talk about God and I say to people that he is king, um, what I am saying is that I'm talking about his sovereignty without really talking about his healing powers. I talk about his reign, his rulership, his sovereignty without trying to tell how creative he is as a creator or how he heals. Now, if I also talk to people about God as um, the God of mercy, I also fail to also explain to people that he's also a just God. And I try, if I try to talk to people that our God is a just God, he's God of justice, I will also not be able to use the same arm to talk to the world or talk to people about how this same God who we say is just is also merciful. So any which way, trying to explain God um, is difficult. But if you read this account, you find out that the man called David is trying to explain God away and he's not using the distant or the passive descriptions of God whereby you go through scripture and you hear he's a rock. Our God is a rock. Our God is king. God is a shield. God is powerful. God is that. Now, David is not trying to do that if you go through 
the psalm. David starts by saying the Lord, which means that David, understand, before he wrote this, this Davidic psalm, um, was privy to the Bible. He knew what the Bible was about, although it was not as comprehensive and is not like yours. He knew the first, fa- the first books of Moses, um, the first books of the Bible. He knew Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He knew all the first five books. He knew them because it was mandatory that you know, and they will teach you. They were rehearsing it. They were telling them as if they were stories to their children. So everybody knew. And so he knew about this God, um, um, and he knew the descriptions that his forefathers had given to the same God. Some of them called him the El Gibor, the God who fights battles for his people. Others will call him God who is the Rophehika, the God who heals. There were people who met him and they called him Jehovah Nisi, the God who is a banner. They met God and called him with various names. He's the rock. He's the way maker. He's the covenant keeper. He's the head lifter. He does all those things and that was what he came to meet. And that is what he knew that you could explain when you want to talk about God. Those are the things that you need to talk, to God about, talk about God with. But David moved it a step further and began to say that although I have been told that God is the creator, the omnipotent, the all-powerful, the all-knowing God, he is the Lord. And if he is the Lord, then he is my shepherd too. Now David, I told you last two weeks that he was putting himself in the contest of a sheep. This psalm is the psalm that explains how the sheep sees itself when it comes to his relationship or its relationship with God. And you check the account carefully and David is saying, it is the Lord who is my shepherd. They say that if the the proper subject of the word or the, the, the sentence is the Lord, then the most sublime word there is mine. Because if you do English, those of you that have done English, I did not do English, but those of you that have done English, it is a, it's a determiner. It's a determiner. It's a purposive determiner. Mine is a possessive determiner, and it's a purposive determiner too. But what it tells you is that he's saying that this same law that the world see as the all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient God, he is not just the Lord, he is also mine. I possess him. So, because it's a possessive determiner, it, it, it determines who has it. So, the Lord is not just living in the mastarion, he's not clouded in a mystery. He is not somewhere that I cannot really relate to or relate with. He is not just the Lord who is living in a distant realm, but he is mine. Although I live in a physical realm, although I live in a physical world, although I am limited and bound by time, and this God is infinite, he is beyond um, comprehension, he is still mine. He is Lord. He is not just Lord. He is not saying a Lord is. If he's saying a Lord is, then it means that he has equals. If he's saying some Lord or some Lords or a Lord is, then he's saying that there are many Lords, and, but there is one of them that is mine. No, he's saying the Lord. It means that when you look at all the Lords, there is one that stands out as the Lord. Now, this the Lord is the one that has all the power to control all the other Lords. He is not just a Lord. He is the Lord. 
Now, this, the Lord is the one that is all-powerful, omnipotent. Um, if you talk about his attributes, you, you can't even exhaust it. He's talking about the God who was able to make room for the people because I told you that by the time he came, he had stories. He had known what this God was able to do. He knew that this was the same God that when the people of Israel had come before the Reed Sea, he parted it into two. He knew of what he was able to do. He knew that this God, when he had met with Moses, he, he, he wrote with his hand the commandments and he gave to them. And when they had, he had hit it on the floor, the Bible says that the earth had opened up and swallowed every adversity. He knew that it was this Lord that he's talking about. He knew also that this was the same God who was the one who gave them um, food when they were crying and saying, God, we are hungry and we are starving. And God will open the windows of the heavens and rain on them food and they call manner which does not mean that it's just a rice and stew but it means that at that time whatever they wished on the menu God will open the heavens and give it to them manner is not definitive manner is not um, to say that it is just one way or one meal it's not just a one cause that is given to them but manner simply means what is this and what it means is that anytime they desire for something if somebody is there and the person desires of a salad um, um, a plate of salad or desires of cheeseburger and desires of all the things fufu and apapansa and abenkwa whatever the person desires mana says that as soon as they desire and they tell God that we are hungry God is able to check the menu list and see what is in stock in the heavens and open the heavens and bring it to them and when they want to store this same God tells them when it comes to me you don't need storage because I can supply all your needs according to my riches in glory it is not about what you can take it is about what I can give and so do not just be mindful of what you have now because even if you have exhausted what you have I have limitless supply that I can give you more than you can ever contain or imagine this is the God that David had met and David was talking about David was talking about this same God when the people of um, um, the Amalekites had come to uh, to encroach their camps and their territories and had wanted to destroy them this God will come and just with a sling the Bible says that with a swing of a sword an angel will destroy all the armies and so the people called him Jehovah El Gibor the God who will tell his people be still and know that I am God I can fight every battle for you if you are in any difficulty or trouble know that I am the Lord that delivers I'm the Lord that fights I'm the Lord that who is who is a defender David was talking about this God and when he was talking about him he had moved from that um, romanticization of an ecclesiastical order and he was talking about the fact that I possess this Lord so it is not just something that you go to the Sunday school or you go to church and they tell you oh the Lord is my shepherd I shall not own. no no he's saying that that is just an ecclesiastical order it is just something that is to fulfill an occasion but he's saying that do not just see the Lord as the Lord see him as yours so if you don't until the individual is able to see the Lord as mine, a possessive determiner, the person is not able to trigger what this God is able to bring. Check the test. He's saying that when I look at all the history behind this God, when I check the history, when I check the history, I'm not, I've not even got into, I shall not want yet. Let me still try and say the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. If I check the history of the Lord is my shepherd, this Lord, and I check what he is able to do, I can entrust my life unto him. What do you mean, young man? He's saying that 
this Lord is not just there. He is my shepherd. The shepherd is the leader. The shepherd is the guide, the guard, the governor. The shepherd is the one that directs the sheep where they are supposed to go. And what David is saying is that because he's the all-knowing God, even if I don't know where I am going, if I can only trust him, he will be able to lead me where I am supposed to go. I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus that even if you don't really know where you are going in life, may this God who is a guide, a guard, and a governor, the Lord who is a shepherd, may he guide you and land you where you ought to be. David was saying that this God he is mine. My shepherd. I look around and I see the one who is able to cause mountains to skip like rams and Jordan to flee backwards. David was saying that this is the God that when the world um, was against his people he was able to rise to their defense and tell them that you don't need a shield you don't need a buckler you don't need a bulldozer the walls of Jericho will come down all that I need you to do is to comply follow my lead what he was saying is that as long as there is a divine lead there is no way the child of God will be disappointed the Lord is my shepherd I follow his leading. I am under his leadership. Because if he caused the people of old to follow his lead or his leadership, and when they had encountered um, the land, the walls of Jericho, and the, 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 the Bible says that, and the walls were thick, and there was no way, even in a thousand years, they could have used the tools that they, they had to bring the walls down. All that God said was, do not even be deceived about this. Go around it, um, God, but this doesn't make sense, yes? But when it comes to me, what you think will make sense doesn't apply in my dictionary. It doesn't apply in my world, because what I want to do, I don't need human involvement. Just go around it. They went round it for seven days, once a day. On the seventh day, God said, I have something for you to do. When you go round it, uh, on the seventh day, go round it seven times. But on the seventh time, do not, uh, do not be quiet, do not be gentle, do not, be, do not be, behave like a lady. All of you that are ladies, you don't need to behave like ladies on that day. On the seventh day, I need a gentleman to come out from their, um, um, their, their, their tuxedos and their suits and all that. And all that I want them to do is to shout as if they are crazy. And they were wondering, God, what do you mean by this? God was saying, for the battle of the warrior is with confused noise. And all that God was saying is that as they go around it on the seventh day, this is the God that was able to pull the walls of Jericho down. Every wall of Jericho that is erected around your life, we pray in the name of Jesus that those walls will. Let me try to have some few minutes. The Bible says, and he said, this Lord, when I check his history, we read the word, that portion of scripture, and we hurriedly move out of the test. I want us to take our time. He says, the Lord is, not was, not will be. No matter where I find myself, he is my guide. So if you throw me in the dark places of the world, where you think there is no light to shine in my path, the Lord is. When I go through water, when I go through fire, whatever you go through, can I pray for you? Wherever you go through, may you see the manifestation and the presence of God all around your life. David said, the Lord is 
not the Lord will be so that when I get there I now pray that God please show up God please will you come into my situation and solve my problems for me I'm not supposed to get in there before I even pray that he shows up because wherever I go the Lord is what God has given to you whatever he has placed in your hands some of you, God has called you to do many mighty things. The ministry God has placed in your hands. It might go through turbulence, but God is saying, I am your. And when you are, when you know that he is, that is the time you are able to get out what makes him a shepherd. So that even in your madness, even in your absolute rampage and display, of madness God will still show up as your God and your shepherd the Lord is not the Lord will be you could have said the Lord was my shepherd and so now that I'm going through this he will be my shepherd again he's saying that when it comes to God once he establishes a covenant with you jesus said i will be with you from now till the end of time and so no matter where i find myself if i find myself in a place where my adversaries have gathered against me i know that he said in his word that when they come up against me in the form of a flood the spirit of god shall lift up a standard against them i pray for you that wherever they gather against you may the spirit of god lift up a standard i don't know about you but i came to speak to a few of you that believe that god can show up in your life and bring to pass what he has said about your life he's showing up not just as the lord but he's showing up as your whether the world likes it or not he is the lord but the movement from being the lord to being your shepherd requires your revelatory understanding of your relationship between him and yourself let me try to drive it home he is lord undisputed he remains god uncontested whether the world agrees or not his sovereignty his preeminence his potency his power is unchallenged whether the world agrees to it or not they can fight him no matter how atheists try to debunk the theories of the existence of god they can't still explain him away because no matter how they try to do it, he will remain God and God all by himself. But him being God doesn't mean that he rules in your life. He can be God and not a ruler. He can be God and not your Lord. For his godness or his godship to translate into lordship, to rule and usurp authority and direction over your life, you need an invitation to pull out what makes him God to your life. Let me still drive it home. This God who had lived in the deadless past is still living, but not just as God, as the Lord. And the world will still call him God anyway. But I need to make him my Lord. Because he, if I don't make him, that's why when you are accepting Christ, say, I accept you as my Lord. And personal savior and so it means that god godly things and what god gives to people 
are not mass produced. Salvation is not on a mass production scale. Salvation is idiosyncratic, it's personalized, it's, it's a customized theory of God's display of mercy. God's display of his mercy tells you that he's shown you what is called it's your salvation. That's why on the day of judgment, a man and a wife might be sleeping on the same bed. One might be taken away, one will be left because it is not corporate. It is idiosyncratic. And that is why you cannot look at somebody to serve God. Because in serving God, it has a personal relationship. The people around you might not be serving God better. But it doesn't mean you should also serve God substandard or mediocre. What it tells you is that if you don't... I, 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 I like the way that three people sing this song. One so even if the whole church people will not serve God the way they ought to serve him it doesn't matter but if you know that he is your Lord you will serve him if you know that he is you will serve him nonetheless nobody might be doing what is right nobody might be doing what people might be doing things like basically people might have a certain attitude when it comes to God come for rehearsal at six somebody will, will shrug the shoulders and drag the feet and just uh, jostle and come around uh, seven o'clock and wait uh, i was busy yes maybe but, but 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 if you know who you are serving and if you know he is your lord you don't even need any coercion you will serve him uh, you will serve him nonetheless so he is not mass produced he is not on the general scale. He might be the Lord. But is he yours? Do you have it? Can you use the possessive pronoun in explaining your relationship with him? That the Lord is mine. He might be God to the world. But to me he is my God. He is not just God. He is my God. He said, once I realized that this God that my fathers told me is the Lord who is my shepherd. That means that I am under his leadership, his counsel, his rulership, his authority, his guidance. When it comes to um, power, he's omnipotent. When it comes to knowledge, he's all-knowing, he's omniscient. When it comes to um, um, grace, he's sovereign. Whatever he does, he is all by himself when i realize that the lord is my shepherd then i can confidently say that i shall not want the reason why there is that guarantee that the person that has god as a shepherd shall lack nothing is because in this particular verse the sheep is talking about the provision the leadership, what himself as a shepherd did when he was with his flock. In the times that he was with his flock, when a bear came against the flock, he did not wait to consult with a captain. did not wait to consult with a class captain or the senior prefect of the sheep and cliff. 
he did not wait to go to them to ask them for their approval. That have you noticed that a bear had come to grip or to um, um, to take one of your um, come to grab one of your um, your friends or family out of the fold? Can I go out and pursue them? No, he did not say that. The Bible says that he told the man called Saul when Saul was asking him for his CV. He said unto Saul, Saul, you know, um, I have been a shepherd for a long time and I have not been in that business for so long that I know how that terrain works. Once upon a time, I was with my flock and a bear came and a lion also came against my, my flock and I did not wait. I went after the bear and the lion and with my bare hands, I killed it. And he knew that in the same way himself being a sheep, it will come to a time that the enemy will come up to take what is his. But once the Lord is his shepherd, the Lord will go after what they have taken. I pray that may God bring you restoration. Whatever thing that they have taken from you, may God go after them and bring it back to you. He said the Lord is. Probably let me try. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he remains my shepherd, I shall not want. The young lions cry in want. They are always in need of something. But it's because they don't know who their shepherd is. Because you see, if the shepherd is there, there is no way the sheep will be in want. Uh, because anytime the sheep is the one that is supposed to look around, the sheep is the thinker. The shepherd is the thinker for the sheep. The sheep cannot really determine where the grass is green. We will go there. When he says he leads me beside green pastures, we will get there. It is, it is only the shepherd that thinks. The sheep cannot even determine where the grass is green. The sheep cannot really tell where the waters are still. The sheep cannot determine where he's supposed to go and get nourished. It is the shepherd's responsibility to think for the sheep. And so sometimes when you don't even know what you want for yourself, if God is your shepherd, he stands and he thinks, I pray that any confusion your life is experiencing, may God bring you to a place where he, he will guide your steps and, and bring you to a place where you can get, can, can I pray for a few of you before we hurriedly get out of this? May God bring you to a place, there are a few of you who are receiving this word, but may God bring you to a place where you will never miss your root because he will be your shepherd all the days of your life. He says the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And you read that portion of scripture and it's interesting because he's not talking about needs. Needs are automatically met. Wants are excesses and extravagance. For needs, and if you check those of you that have done all the management theories, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the Hesbeck's theory, all the motivational theories that you've done, and uh, we tell you of your physiological needs, your social needs, your esteem needs, your self-actualization, and all the pyramids that they draw for you uh, and they teach you through. Those are needs. So having food, shelter, clothing, air, those are basic needs. Very basic. So the fact that you've gotten a house doesn't mean your wants are satisfied. A house is a need. A house is not a want. That is why when you have a house, you can't say you are blessed. Is a need. 
You had a car to move from point A to point B. You are excited, but you are emoting. You are, you are over the moon. You are cracking your ribs, laughing so loud, and dangling your keys in the faces of people thinking, the Lord has blessed me with a car. No, 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 no. It's a need. In, in your part of the world, you need to commute from point A to point B, and the hassle of traffic can kill you. So having a car is not a blessing. In fact, if having a car is a blessing, then the unbelievers who have fleets of them, how do you explain that? If having a house is a blessing, then the unbelievers who have built hotels and, 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 and holiday homes in places that they visit once in 10 years, then they don't need your gospel. But when the Lord is your shepherd, it's not about needs. Because needs are met. God will elevate you to a place where it's about your wants. Now explain that young man. A rich man might have needs met, but still be in want. What do you mean? Because somebody can be rich and be dying from a disease that will never be healed. But when somebody's needs are met and the wants are still left, it even leaves the person more confused than ever. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And let me run you through. What he's saying is not just about physical wants. Because there are certain desires that are emotional. When you allow God to be your shepherd, you find the right woman to marry. We'll get it through. When you allow God to be your shepherd, you, you find the right woman. If you allow God to be your shepherd, you find a right man who will not just come into your life and just come hit and run, just come sleep with you and move away. But you find a right man who will say that I love you from the bottom of my heart and no matter who you are, I am ready to stand. I don't think this place is ready yet. The, the Lord is my shepherd and for the whole month I had, I'm staying on this psalm. Don't worry. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. It means that because he is, anything that I desire. When the Bible says the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut off. The expectation of the righteous is not a requirement for existence. A requirement for existence is needs. Actually, when the Lord says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off, what God is saying is that after you have been fed and you are satisfied, and you look around you and you see that things ought to be done, and at a certain point you feel in your heart that I need to build homes and just give it to the, need, the needy and the orphans in the community. That is not your personal need. It is somebody's need that is a want in your case. It means that needs and wants, although can be used interchangeably, they are intricately interwoven to accommodate times and seasons in the lives of people. Let me try to explain. That is why I told you that Psalm 23 is not a romanticization of an ecclesiastical location. It has nothing to do with that. It is deeper than you can think. It is deeper than you can think. Because he is 
my shepherd. Anything that is called a want in my life shall not be there. I like the NIV version. He said, because he is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. It means that if you remain under the leadership of God, lack will not be in your dictionary. Are you there? Can I pray with you? Anything you have experienced called lack. Some of you are desperately looking for some things. And those things are lacking from your life. Maybe a child is lacking from your life. Maybe you want something really bad and that thing has been lacking for a while. We bring the superimposition of the divine rulership. God being your Lord and being your shepherd. And this word says that you shall lack nothing. Any lack in your life, we pray in the name of Jesus. And we obliterate, we remove the barriers of lack from your life in the name of Jesus. He said the Lord is my shepherd. I. Look at somebody and put your hand on your, shoulder, on your chest and tell the person I shall lack nothing. Can I, can I get you looking for three people? Tell them, I shall lack nothing. Tell them, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. Can, can you look for somebody else? Somebody else, somebody else. Look for somebody else. Tell the person, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. This thing that you started, anything that God wants to do in your life, may pass in your life. May you lack nothing. Lack nothing. The word blessing in the Hebrew simply means nothing missing, nothing broken. When we say somebody is blessed, the person hasn't missed anything. Neither is any strand or cord that connects him to his source. Neither is it broken. So when we say that you are blessed, it means that you really lack nothing. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. And that's the same understanding I want you to move out of this place with. If the Lord is your shepherd, what is called lack doesn't exist. We'll run through it. We'll run through it. I don't want to preempt next week's sermon. Until he is your shepherd. He might be the Lord around that you know he is the Lord. But until you possess. The reason why people are able to confuse you is because you've not made him your shepherd yet. The sheep doesn't listen to other sheep. It listens to the shepherd. Jesus said, my sheep knows my voice. So the only voice they know. That is why if you are following the shepherd and everybody is telling you, this thing you are getting into, you are going to fall in a ditch you're going to get messed up if you heard the voice of God as the sheep ah that the shepherd spoke to and God told you that is exactly what I want you to do do you know why it is difficult for people to obey because they have many shepherds and so they are confused 
if you are truly a sheep and the Lord happens to be truly your shepherd, you allow him to guide you where you ought to go. And so you start something and the people are saying, this business, everybody who started it failed and yet God told you, that is exactly what I want you to do. You forget that God will take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God will take the weak things of the world to confound the things that are strong. What God is saying is that, don't listen to them, listen to me as your. Because it is only with me that you will lack nothing if you follow the world you always be in want desperation will kill you desperation will lead to precipitation of ideas hopes ambitions and even the faith that you have you precipitate until you get to a point of a spiritual dehydration and you automatically fall and die the reason being that what sustains the human system is its connectivity to the heavenly realm. The only thing that makes you you is because you were created in the image of a super being. So the moment you lose the connectivity between humanity and divinity, you lose your identity as a person created in the image and after the likeness of God. And the moment you lose that identity, you can't fulfill destiny. Because your destiny is incorporated in your divinity hold somebody's hand it's 45 we have to we'll continue it's a whole series i'm staying in psalm 23 for the next six weeks in fact i can preach psalm 23 till the end of the year psalm 23 the things that are found there i can preach it from now till the end of the year I shall not want. I shall not lack revelation. I, sh I shall not want. But I'm going to limit it to six weeks. Explain some things to you. Then it will bring you back your Christian swag. Because you see, the reason why a Christian can contemplate on consulting another deity for results it's because of the confusion that he has about his leadership. Why do you think a Christian will go to a malam for results? Why do you think somebody who happens to be tongue-talking, spirit-filled, supposedly or presumably, go to a shrine for talisman or join a cult or a secret society for protection? It's because he's confused about his leadership. If you know who leads you, you are never confused of destination. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi Nyamiche. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word, First service, 7 to 9 a.m. Second service, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m. And our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. To engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570. 
or visit our website www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.